Hey, this is Big Rev. Thanks for tuning in to Masterclass Theology, a weekly podcast where we study books of the Bible a verse at a time and apply it to our lives. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's rock. Hi, everybody. This is Big Rev with a quick Thanksgiving devotion in 2021. We're in Luke chapter 17 today, and it's a, a brief story that is only in Luke. Verse 11 and 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So they're at a border, and they're, they're in a border country between Samaria and Galilee, and from all we know about Jews and Samaritans, they didn't get along too well. They kind of hated each other, and they just had this animosity. So I could only imagine being a town on the border. had That was a really unique area. And I'm sure that was not entirely a fun place to be. And we have ten guys. And what we later learn is that at least one of them is a Samaritan. So that means the rest of them must have been Jews. So we have Jews and Samaritans at the same time. And they were unified. What what unified them? Well, they were unified in their struggle. They were lepers. And at the time, lepers had, they were considered social outcasts. They had to be on the outside of town. They had to, um, they had to call out unclean, unclean, and people came by them and and yeah, they just were, they were people who had to keep their distance from society and life was not easy for them and they were suffering. They had a disease that was like a, a skin disease that was, had its own shame involved with it. And, but it really didn't matter what their life was like beforehand because they were unified together. They were one group. And they called at a distance. They had to keep their distance, but they wanted to call out the Jesus. They, but they had to call at a distance, and so they did so. They saw this Jesus. They recognized him because they called him by his name. And then they gave him a title. And this is a very unique title. Other times when people call out the Jesus, they call him teacher. They call him rabbi. Um, but this is calling him master. And... That just kind of reminds me that they were slaves. They were slaves to their sickness. And they were slaves to what they had to endure. And so they called out to the master. Maybe he could have help for them. You know, they had, they had an issue. They, they didn't go to the person behind the counter. They went to the manager in the office. Jesus, master. And they didn't say, hey, heal us. They didn't say, give us good things. They didn't say, hey, do, do something for us and then send us on our way. No, they said, have pity. They were just looking for pity. 
These people were in a pitiful position, and they just wanted the master to have pity, whatever that looked like. Behind that request is a basic trust that says, Jesus, you know what is best, and you're able to provide. I'll just take your pity. Maybe you would look at my situation and have pity upon me. Maybe some of you feel like that right now. And so Jesus tells him something. There was an Old Testament story where uh, a man was healed, I believe also with leprosy, and he was told to go dip seven times in, the, I believe, the Jordan River. And there was something about that that required faith. And he, Jesus tells him, I believe it's in uh, Leviticus 14, where uh, you had to go show yourself to the priest. Once you were healed of your skin disease, you had to go show yourself to the priest. And once you did that, uh, the priest, you know, made a pronouncement over you and you were able to rejoin society. And so Jesus was telling them, go show yourself to the priest. So master, Jesus, master, have pity on us. And Jesus doesn't heal them right away. He instead sends them on their way and says, go show yourself to the priest. Go do that very thing you're supposed to do next if you were healed. And they did. They left. What a great moment of faith there. They took Jesus at his word that something good was going to happen because why would they show themselves to the priest otherwise? So there's some faith there. To leave that hillside and, and to go and find the priest and show them, that required some faith. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now what we don't know is if all ten made it to the priest or not. Because... Um, one one guy turns around and we don't know if he first went to the priest and then came back or not. Or maybe, you know, it kind of sounds like that, you know, he didn't even go to the priest. He just stopped and realized as he was healed, they got healed on the way as they walked. And he just kind of turned back and said, okay. And we, we just kind of get that idea. We don't know if he went to the priest or not, but he did come back. The other nine didn't. And he did something that, I bet he'd been wanting to do for a while. You see, lepers had to keep, we, we, we talked about them being social outcasts, having to live life at a distance. And the first thing he does once he's healed is he comes and gets right in Jesus' face. In fact, he throws himself at his feet. He's, he got close to Jesus, physically close. Could you imagine what that would have been like in his position of quarantine to be physically close, to throw himself at his feet, to be vulnerable, to trust Jesus in that moment, to allow this guy that's once sick, contagious guy to be close and vulnerable. He trusts Jesus in that moment. He gave praise and he gave thanks. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan, the text says. It kind of is a weird question is, would a Samaritan be like this with a Jew normally? Like I said, they, they, they didn't like each other. I can't imagine a scenario where a Samaritan would come up to a Jew and be vulnerable like that. It just doesn't make sense. They didn't have that kind of relationship usually. But there was something about this man's story. There was something about the healing that broke down those walls that normally existed. 
You see, when Jesus enters your life, when Jesus does something that only Jesus can do, when Jesus reconciles you, when Jesus restores you, when Jesus provides hope, when he provides healing, when he provides direction, when he provides identity, when Jesus provides purpose like only he can, what used to divide us no longer should divide us. There was something about that healing that broke down those walls. There was something about Jesus that made it so it was okay to be vulnerable. It was okay to come before him. It was okay to throw yourself at his feet and to trust him. You see, 10 were cleansed. Jesus asked, we're not all 10 cleansed? All 10 got their cleansing. But only one got a different kind of assurance, didn't he? We get the idea that all 10 would be restored back to society. All 10 would get the would get that, you know, okay, good to go by the priest. But only one got something more. Only one got an assurance from Jesus of being made well. Your faith has made you well. The one who came back got something special, didn't he? To know that Things are all right between you and God. To get that attaboy or girl, that yes, you showed faith and yes, God saw that. And that God responds to your faith. That God not only sees you in your struggle, he sees how you struggle. He sees that you trust him and he sees that you respond. And that you would risk heaven on earth to come back and say thanks. When that kind of faith shows up, Jesus recognizes it. So who are you in this story? Are you, are you the ten? You risked everything to call out the Jesus. Maybe it felt like a half-court basketball shot. I don't know. But you called out to have pity. Not knowing what this Jesus was going to do. It took some faith. It took some trust. It certainly took trust to walk away not getting what you wanted, not getting what you asked for, to go show yourself to the priests. Maybe you're still waiting on that answer. Maybe as you struggle, it's it's, it's hard. And you're trusting in Jesus during this pain, during this uncertainty. Those 10 got healed on the way, but maybe you're just before that. Maybe you're in that position where you've called out for pity. You've been praying that prayer. And it hasn't been answered just yet. And so you wait. And you're forced to trust. You're forced to keep putting one foot in front of the other. You see, there was, there was a time when they left the hillside and before they got to the priest, before they were healed. Because the text said, as they went, they were healed. They were cleansed. Maybe you're at that spot where you, where, where you have received your answer and you're, you're, you're feeling a tension. What should I do now? You see, the ten felt that tension. The nine kept going. We assume they went to the priest and they, they got um, whatever certificate or whatever it was they got, some kind of a stamp or something, so you can now rejoin society. And they had been reconciled and they could go about their business. Restored, healed, full of wonder and thanksgiving at what had just happened to them. 
But maybe you're the one. Maybe something amazing has happened to you and you can't hold it in. You have to go back. Even if you risk this Jew not accepting you because you're a Samaritan. You want to say thanks. You risk everything to trust him in the midst of your issues. To trust him to accept a relationship even with you. Maybe that's where you're at. You see, this one came back to give praise to God, to respond to the good things that God has done. And see, that's where we're at this Thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you're ever, ever asking the question, what's God's will for me? What does God expect me to do with my life? That's a big question. But I can guarantee you, one part of it is for you to give thanks in all circumstances. You know, life is hard. We go through scenarios, we go through situations, and it's, it's, it's very difficult at times. And we have to trust God, and trusting God is not easy sometimes. And people treat us badly, and we, we, we go through, we have hurts, we have habits, we have hang-ups, we have issues, we have all these things, and brokenness. And, just, and, and, and people are mean or, you know, we've got, all these things we got to deal with and bitterness is always at our door and anger is always at our door and regret is always at our door and shame is always at our door and it's just knocking and pounding and wanting to dominate you. And in your struggle, all you can do is call out. Have pity on me, Jesus. Give Thanks in all circumstances, no matter what you are going through, no matter where you are in life, no matter what seems to be your issue, the best response, the appropriate response is to give thanks to God. You always have something to be grateful for. You always have something to to thank God for in your struggle as you call out, as you come back to thank Jesus to praise God on your face at his feet. My current thing I'm thankful for is I'm in a journey in my life where I'm trying to lose some weight. And what I'm doing is I'm just, I'm monitoring the the food I eat and the calories I eat. And I, I use an app on my phone to be able to monitor that. And, you know, I have... Had a, a nutritionist help me to set certain calorie, you know, marks she wants me to hit, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I've got this journey where every Monday morning I step on a weight scale. And it's, it's the one time a week where I face anxiety. And as I, as I sit, as I stand before that scale, before I step on, I'm saying, I'm quoting uh, Psalm 31, 14. It's like, okay, my times are in your hands, God. My times, I trust you, Lord. My times are in your hands. And, and you see, when I step on that scale, I'm going to get a reading. And it's very tempting in that moment to, to, to respond with, 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 with a judgmental response and say, well, gosh, I did a, had a good week or a bad week or, gosh, my day is going to be odd or, what, God, all these things I did that week, were they worth it? And here's, here's what I'm learning. And I've been having some good weigh-ins, and I'm very happy for those good weigh-ins. I'm very thankful for those weigh-ins. And I am losing weight, and I'm very happy about that. But what I'm learning is self-denial and self-discipline are what are required to lose weight. And as I eat only certain amounts of calories per day, I'm denying myself 
having Halloween and not having a single piece of Halloween candy, Christmas cookies coming up, Thanksgiving coming up, the, the big meals. And what I'm learning is that self-denial and self-discipline, when you see results, it encourages you to continue to self-deny, to deny the self and to continue with the self-discipline. That's just something I'm learning. And I'm very thankful for that season of my life right now where I'm learning that self-denial is a good thing. And that's good to learn because Jesus expects everyone that follows him to, to deny the self. And I get to experience this firsthand in a weight loss journey. I'm very thankful for that. I praise God for that. I don't know what you're thankful for, but I encourage you to give thanks in all circumstances. I encourage you to be the one who returned. For he got the greatest response from Jesus, didn't he? All 10 were cleansed. All 10 were restored. But one got that assurance. Your faith has made you well. This has been Big Rev for Masterclass Theology, Luke chapter 17. Happy Thanksgiving 2021. God bless. This has been Masterclass Theology. I pray you've been challenged and encouraged during today's episode, and I hope you'll continue to join us as we journey through the Bible. God bless.